Welcome to the season finale of the Line to Gain show. My name is Jeremy Dixon, along with Mike Parker. As always, Mike, how you doing, man? Doing great, man. You excited for this uh, final episode? Yeah, it's kind of like the 17-game the season. It's like you're at a point where like, hey, I just want to get this over with already. So that's where we're at right now. We're wrapping it up, and I'm excited to uh, get this one in the books and start working on season two. Absolutely. Me too. Me too. Um so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. We uh, I guess our, our first category for this week's show is hot takes. Yeah, and, like ex- so explain like you're the one that kind of came up with the categories that we're following here. So you go ahead and explain that. Yeah, there's always like these things that I think of or people think of called hot takes, where it's just like it. There's no real fact base. No, no, it's not based in fact or anything like that. You just come up with these wild, crazy ideas and throw them against the wall and see what happens. So we have a few of those today. A couple of hot takes. You want to go ahead and uh, take this away because I'm, I'm ready. Uh, we we may be sparring here a little bit over over some of these, but let's go, man. Let's dive into it. Yeah, my first hot take, and I had this kind of a, a while ago when uh, A Rod and Russell Wilson were having their little. Um, fits about leaving their team and being frustrated that they're not part of the process. And my take was, is that Aaron Rodgers stays with the uh, Green Bay Packers and Russell Wilson uh, leaves. So A-Rod stays in the land of cheese and uh, Mr. Sierra moves on. So uh, bye Hawks. You know, I give you credit, Mike, because you told me this ridiculous take, like, Three months ago, I want to say, and and just so everybody knows, we're recording this the Friday before the Super Bowl, so we don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl yet. Don't don't have any of that. We probably should should uh, give our predictions at the end, um, even though it's not coming out till the Monday after. But uh, I think you're nuts, and I think it's completely reversed. I think Aaron Rodgers is leaving for sure, and I think that Russell Wilson's staying. And the only reason I think Russell Wilson's staying is because his he doesn't want to force his way out of Seattle. And I don't think Pete Carroll they Pete Carroll's already been announced that he's him and his coaching staff are coming back. So there's no way he's going to start he, he's not going to at 70 uh whatever years old is going to start with a with a rookie quarterback or Cam Newton or some, you know, Daniel Jones or some washed up scrub. So I just feel like, yeah, I feel, I disagree. So here, here's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers, currently with the Green Bay Packers, he's really not going to find a team that's better than that. Everyone else that he could possibly go to is in some sort of rebuilding stage. And he's at the end of his career. If he wants to win that other Super Bowl, it gives him the best chance to do that if he can work out all the other nonsense. But he's a little heady. He's a heady guy. He has, he, he's in his head a lot. He's thinking about things uh, pretty deeply. I think once he processes all this, he'll figure out that this is the best place for him. Now, as it relates to Russell, um, I heard a take by Ryan Clark the other day about him not being an elite quarterback. And he started this. running this down. And then he defended that point with some other facts. And he defended those facts with some other points. And I'm starting to buy into this fact that Russell Wilson is not an elite quarterback at the end of the day and then i go what's the point is he going to do anything with this one or two years left that we have with pete carroll like what are the options for um for us at this point we don't 
draft very well. We're not signing. We have a lot of holes to fill. Um, it would be great to try and get some draft capital and perhaps some free agent, some some people in the trade to help fill some of those holes. I heard a rumor the other day that Russell Wilson's going to re-sign with the Seahawks. Pete Carroll is going to be forced out next year, and Sean Payton will be the new Seahawks head coach. Yeah, that's a hot take because, in itself. Because uh, yeah. because you know Russell Wilson clearly wanted to play for Sean Payton last year. That was one of the uh, the the him not requesting a trade, but saying the four teams he would be willing to go play for. So that I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I think Russell's back. I think next year the salary cap's going to jump by more than it ever has because of the new TV rights deal, a media rights deal, I guess, with with the uh, uh, Amazon money coming in and all, all these different uh, sources. So I think that I think the, the move is to, I think Russell Wilson's just posturing for a new contract. Perhaps. Uh, but, you know, that this kind of leads – Mike, to my my first hot take, and that is that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. He just bought a huge piece of property in Tennessee and is building like some mega mansion down there. And obviously these guys are rich. They can buy a house anywhere they want. But you know Tennessee I don't think they're they're testing too much for COVID there I think it's you know it's uh it's a little more lax when it comes to uh social social stuff like that so I, I think it just makes sense you can they're, be immunized they're, there. their defense yeah you can be immunized there yeah. their defense is good they have Derrick Henry the best running back in football right now they have AJ Brown and Julio Jones I mean, I mean Julio Jones come on well, who knows? He was injured, though, man. I think I think he still has a little bit left. In yeah, the that's tank. Julio Jones. That's who he is. That's true. He's got a little left in the tank, though, and I think Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been playing playing uh, football with your cousins and and uncles and stuff for the last ten years at wide receiver, except for Devontae Adams. So he's thirty nine and nine in the last three years. I think he's doing all right. Well, and then my – so my other hot take in regards to that is that he's also going to win a third MVP award, th- third straight MVP award next year with Tennessee. Well, this makes all good sense. I mean, there's some precedent set. LeBron moved to uh, Los Angeles before signing the contract to the Lakers. Tom Brady did the same thing, moved, sold his, ho- his house and moved over to Tampa before, you know, signing that deal. So perhaps this means and something. And who would have thought – of all the places that Tom Brady was going to go, I never – I figured it was like San Francisco, some, you know, maybe Dallas or I guess Dallas had Dak Prescott, but like I thought it would be a big, big name team, big market team. And he went to Tampa Bay of all places. So I could see Aaron Rodgers uh, beats to the beat of his own drummer. So, well, Tom definitely looks at the big picture, in my opinion, saw a good roster and said, hey, let's do it. Well, that's exactly what Tom, what uh, Aaron's going to do. I mean, but and 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 Green Bay is in in salary cap purgatory right now. They're screwed. They're if they keep Aaron Rodgers, they're really in trouble. They 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 almost need him to leave at this point. Uh, they keep him, then they tag Adams. Um, the rest of it will play itself out. And your defense is trash. They're gonna have to cut all like a bunch of guys on defense. It's, yeah, we'll see. Come yeah, on. we will. I can't <laughs> wait. Marking it down on the board. Make we're getting a whiteboard over here. 
Anyway, all right, go ahead, man. What's your next hot take? So my next hot take is uh, related to Joe Burrow, and I'm looking at kind of his rise to stardom right now, and I go, man, if he wins a Super Bowl, um, he's going to be immortalized in in NFL history. And a parallel to him, in my opinion, is Joe Namath. A good quarterback, not great, does an amazing thing and wins a Super Bowl against – uh, the NFC, they or the NFL, he was in the AFL at the time, and, and they had never won. They had gotten demolished, the AFL, the previous two seasons, and really changed the game for the AFL and led to the merger. Hey, we can compete on the level of the NFL. We're good players. All in this one game, he was able to immortalize his career, got him into the Hall of Fame. After that, he wasn't even <laughs> that good. I mean, his knees were bothering, bothering him at that point, and... Uh, you know, I expect if uh, Joe Burrow does the same feat here and brings a championship to the Bengals, he, he's going to go down in history at that level. I, I could see even that. if if that's all he does. You know, from a, if he's averaged the rest of his career, well, he's, he, he's going to have one of the highest peaks. If he wins the Super Bowl, he'll join a group of players that have won a Heisman Trophy, a national championship, and a Super Bowl. It's like two, right? Can you name any of them? I can't off the top of my it's head. Zero. He'd be the first ever yeah, to there do it that. Is. That's crazy, right? Yep. I I thought because I was like, oh, Joe Montana, but then I I think he didn't win the Heisman or or a college. I mean, he must have. Did he win a college national championship? I can't remember. Stat guy, screw you. I don't know where he's at. He's Look not it up. Listening. Look it up, people. We're not I will. Stat yeah, guy, check stat, it out. Stat guy. Anyway, no, yeah, location. no, he'd be the first one ever, which is pretty amazing. Well, I'll be rooting for him on Sunday. Me too. Absolutely. Um, so my next hot take is that Deshaun Watson is going to play for the Carolina Panthers next year because I feel like that's the closest team to where he played college football at Clemson and the, probably the only place he can really go without too much of an uproar from the from the fans and the the media. So I think he's going to – He's going to wash up there at some point. Let's be clear. The fans don't care. That's and true. And neither do the teams. That's true. I think it it's, would be horrible for him to be on a team until all of this thing, this stuff is worked yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think – yeah, I don't think they care, though. I, like you said, they're, like nobody cares. They're going to try to get – I mean, they're going to make the – the NFL is eventually going to suspend him for some Maybe? amount of time. Not I a, would imagine. It's not a criminal case. That's true, but they've done they've suspended people for stuff that wasn't criminal before. Yeah, who knows? Uh, and then my other main hot take is that the Jaguars and the Jets are going to make the playoffs next year. The who? Yeah, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I have another for our future uh, future predictions of, for the twenty twenties. I have some wild stuff there too. So just wait for that. Okay. All right. You have any more uh, hot takes? No, that's it for my hot takes. All right, then let's uh, move on to our next category, and that is goats. Goats, yeah, uh, greatest of all time. So what we're going to basically do is take a look at five positions: quarterback, running back, receiver, and tight end. Is that four positions? Yes. And we're going to look at like the timeline, the the, the guys that pass the baton on to the next uh, generation, and kind of what we think uh, epitomize. You know that that 
Yeah. That and I think we have, we have a couple of differences. But yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh, How we're going to rank our players, and then obviously yeah. we're going to discuss who we think is coming up next. So right. let's start with the quarterback. So here's my timeline. Uh, we have Sammy Baugh, 1937 to 52. Hands hands off to uh, Johnny Unitas, 1956 <laughs> to 73. Joe Namath, as uh, aforementioned, uh, Joe Namath because of what he meant to NFL history and the merger. Uh, Joe Montana, uh, 1979 to 94. Steve Young, 85 to 99. And uh, obviously, uh, Tom Brady, finishing out 2000, 2022. Yeah, for my timeline, the only difference I had in there is I left Steve Young off of that category or off of that list and put Brett Favre in there. Because I think Brett Favre was, I mean, he was the face of football for 10 years. More so than Steve Young, I think. But Yeah, I think that argument is true. I think he was more of a popular player and he was more of he was on um They both won on one Madden. championship. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I, I can see that. I, I have and I'll go into it in my, when I rank. I have a pretty soft spot for Steve Young. So Yeah. Um All right. So that being said, what what are your top three? My top three or Tom Brady, obviously, you got. And I went at this more from a championship standpoint. So I did Tom Brady number one. Clearly, he's the best quarterback of all time by all measurables. There's, yeah, there's yards, no there's after championships. Yeah, after absolutely. last year, there's no argument anymore. So I will say one of the things that I do like about him, um, he's the ultimate system. He, I guess, he's system transcendent. Like, yeah. didn't matter what system he was in. He found a way to adapt. He found a way to change and fit within that system. Um, when he, as he played for the Patriots, as we discussed in previous episodes, they were dominant uh, defensively in some years, and they were dominant offensively some years. And he was successful in both areas, and he allowed the strengths of his team to lead that the the Patriots overall. Yeah. And just played his part. So I think yeah, if he for needed that, to be a game manager, he would exactly. do that. If he needed to win the game, he would do that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think I think we both had Tom Brady at our number one. Sure. Um, my number two was Joe Montana, just because the four Super Bowls. Um, you know, Joe Cool, like he was the face of he was the face of football in the '80s for the most part. So um, and and really and still had some and you know could have easily won a championship when he went to Kansas city. Um, and they just got, a, a, there was a crazy upset that kept them out of kept Kansas city out of the super bowl. So, uh, in 94, I believe. So, um, yeah, he was my number two. And then my number three, I had a tie between Terry Bradshaw and Peyton Manning, just because of championships, Terry Bradshaw's in there just because of championships and Peyton Manning, I think, like really lived up to being the number one pick in the draft and won two titles with two different teams, kind of the same way. Like that, his title with Denver, I mean, he rode that defense and just did enough to, to get by to, uh, to win that, win that Super Bowl. So um, I think that those, those are my top three. All right. Well, my second is Steve Young. Um, and I picked him because Looking at the data, the 1990s was like the perfect era to measure 
uh, the quality of a quarterback. It was still in that era where things were tough and guys couldn't really pass over the middle and you, they were clubbing quarterbacks in the head and all this stuff was happening. And you can compare them to the 70s, 80s, you know, 60s, 50s. Like there was, there was really like big time violent football. Yeah. And then there was that rules that were in place in the late 80s that, that allowed offenses to flourish. So they had a little bit of freedom with how, you know, the defensive backs couldn't put their hands on the receivers coming out, you know, throughout the entire route. So sure. there's all these other things that were added. So because of that, I looked at his stats and he is absolutely off platform don't need a game plan. He is the best example of this, I believe, in NFL history. He could he could run your system. He could go off script. Um, his touchdowns, rushing touchdowns especially, his rushing yards and rushing touchdowns were outrageous. He scores 33 touchdowns over his career, almost 3,000 rushing yards. Um, and I just, it's to me, it's exactly what I would want out of a football player. He's accurate. He's uh, right around 67% for his career. He has a great arm. He's mobile. He can run, but he also can stay and move in the pocket. Um, yeah. Only, only got one Super Bowl, though. That is true. But, again, that's the whole point of what we did here was to go, we're gotta, we can't just look at Super Bowls as the thing that makes a, a – a, de a dynasty, right? We have yeah. to look at how they, how well they played over that course of that. Uh, That's true. And he really decade. did change, kind of change the game for, I mean, Michael Vick probably isn't Michael Vick without Steve Young. Well, if you're drawing him. a line there, then yes, like that type you of know, that quarterback. Type of running quarterback with a huge arm. So. And then obviously my, uh, my third is Joe Montana. Um, obviously the four Super Bowls. Um, he was the ultimate like if you were going to say this is a system quarterback here are all the attributes he has every single one of those he was the perfect person to run that west coast offense he is the ceiling of that offense the way that he was able to do uh able to quarterback and for me um he his coolness in in big moments was clutch um, he had the catch, the John Candy moment that's very, you know, right. famous out there. I just um, heard uh, Mike Holmgren talking about that on the radio this morning. That was pretty great. It's He, he dominated um, the 80s and took out a lot of teams in the, you know, in the NFL that were really good during that decade. We have the Giants, the, the football team, Washington football team, I guess the Commanders now, which is ridiculous, the Broncos and the Bears. He pretty much had to go through all of the best teams yeah. during that decade in order to, to do this. So there's a definitely, man, so it's like, like I said, Steve Young really like going through the numbers and seeing how spectacular he was in those period of time that we were looking in the 90s. I go, I, I don't know if I've seen uh, – a performance like that in a 10-year span and yeah so i think for me that that put him up there he bridged the gap truly between um three yards in a cloud of dust style and what we see now right no i i agree yeah i, I had him one spot higher so yeah i definitely agree um and then so our next generation of guys yeah that, no that particular order who you have 
You know, obviously Patrick Mahomes, you have to put him at the top of the list. I think you do, yeah. And I think him and Josh Allen are kind of 1A and 1B in that situation because, I mean, Allen, that that game, that was a classic, uh, unfortunately, AFC, what, divisional round game that we got to see a couple weeks ago, a few Probably weeks ago. Probably one of the best games I've seen in my life. Yeah, yes. honestly, one of the greatest. Like 13 seconds, Josh Allen scores a t- you know, throws a touchdown pass. And they have 13 – Kansas City has 13 seconds to kick a field goal to tie the game, and they do it, which is insane. And it's I hate how we sit there and analyze the 13 seconds. How could you give the Chiefs 13 seconds? Like, I remember, like, 13 seconds was death. It was over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously not in this scenario. Um, but here, I will say – I thought this when the Seahawks won the NFC Championship game in uh, 2014 and the, during the 2014 season against the Green Bay Packers. I said that's the game that they had to get up for and fight through. And there's always the next game is a letdown. So that same thing happened here where you had that amazing game, hard fought against a great opponent, top 10 football game of all time we witnessed. Right. And then the next Day, or next week they go out there and lay an egg against the Bengals. So you have to be wary of those teams that go out and um, have those types of monumental games. They usually fall flat the next time. So speaking of the Cincinnati Bengals, I got Joe Burrow on this list. Me too, yeah. And then Justin Herbert. Yeah. Obviously, I I like Trevor Lawrence. I he throws a lot of picks, but I I, I look it, at him in the pocket to see what he can do with Doug Peterson as his as his coach because he kind of is. I mean, he had Carson Wentz playing at a top level, you know. His skill is there for sure, and I hope he just doesn't get beaten to the ground. Right. You know, I hate to see like a good quarterback talent yeah. like be scared to sit in there. Yeah, and I think you know the other. I like the other quarterbacks in that class as well. Like Mac Jones played very well this year in, in that New England system. It'll be interesting to see how he progresses. Um, yeah, I think I, – I, I know you don't agree with me, but I, I think Zach Wilson. I, I like Zach Wilson. He showed some flashes with the Jets, and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do. Personally, um, maybe this is a hot take. I don't think he's – set up mentally to be successful in this league yeah he has a great arm he's great arm talent he's his throws look great but when he has to not push it downfield and take stuff underneath right and and you know move the ball down the field i i don't see him being able to do that it's just like robert griffin the third not being able to slide yeah. He just takes hits after hits after hits, and I don't understand right. why you would put yourself through that when you're only getting a yard or two. Slide. Yeah. Don't take the hits. Get up and keep playing. And he was never able to figure it out. And I and I don't think Zach's ever going to figure it out. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping you're wrong, but yeah. Um... Jeff George. That's who I see Zach Wilson yeah. as. Jeff George. <laughs> He'll have All a DUI right. in three seasons. Uh, no, he's Mormon. He doesn't drink. Yeah, they're the biggest drinkers. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about hot take, man. Don't don't at me, please. <laughs> That's Mike Parker at. No. Anyway, all right. So, uh, is that the end of your next generation list? Uh, I had Justin Fields in there. I think um, he has potential. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. 
All right, running back. What do you got for your timeline here? Um, you know, I think our timelines were pretty much identical on this one. So Jim Brown was clearly the number one guy, 57 to 65. And then he kind of handed off to O.J. Simpson, who, you know, really did amazing things for, for a decade and from right. 69 to 79. I mean, the first guy to rush for 2,000 yards and in a 14-game 14 14 season, season yeah. right? Uh, and then Walter Payton, sweetness, you can't, you know, he's the, he's amazing. I mean, that's the, I know you're a big fan. I'm a big Huge fan. fan. Yeah. yeah it's uh, an even bigger fan after doing this podcast and looking at the numbers. Me too. Yeah. Me, me as well. Yeah. And then Barry Sanders, um, you know, from 89 to 98. And did I give the, did I tell the story about how I got, so I had season tickets in the 99 season, I bought season tickets with, uh, me and my dad bought season tickets with a friend of his and his son. And he, the friend was like, well, you guys can pick the first game. I'm like, Detroit Lions, no, no doubt. I want to see Detroit Lions play. And like a week later, Barry Sanders retired. And I was, it was the worst game of the season. I mean, we, I mean we, the Seahawks won at least, but it, it was just terrible. Jeremy, why don't you tell me about how you never are able to see the best players? I know, man. I'm just I'm it's very to you so many times. Just, I'm right, very distraught. Right there. I'm very distraught. So anyway, Barry Sanders from '89 to '98. Uh, Marshall Falk obviously changed the game. Really was the first one to. For me, he's that jump between like a traditional hand the ball off running back and being more of a Swiss Army knife type player. Yeah. We see a. In the league now, those are the guys that are more successful, um, guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I'd never seen, at least I can't remember seeing a running back legitimately line up as a wideout no. and go one-on-one with um, cornerbacks yeah. or safeties in this case um, oftentimes. So for me, Marshall Falk was kind of where that where it changed yeah no doubt there's no doubt about that and then um, after him Ladanian tomlinson for me was the perfect version he took what of marshall that. falk did and yeah. just took it to another the perfect level. version of that yeah yeah so and yeah he was i mean Ladanian tomlinson was amazing I, I got to see him a few times in person and he just was a he is something else man he was something else. So what's uh, your rank of your top uh, top three running backs of all time, Mike? So uh, first place is definitely um, Walter Payton for me. Um, at the time of his retirement, he was the NFL's leading rusher, 16,726 yards, and the most uh, yards from scrimmage at 21,264. He was an eight-time All-Pro selection. Uh, won Super Bowl twenty with the Chicago Bears in uh, 1985. Um, again, looking at what he accomplished over, like, it's funny, like it feels like these guys played for 15 or 20 years, but they didn't really, right? I think he played uh, about 12 seasons. And um, man, I just, the accumulator, he, he was out there catching passes, uh, way more um, receiving yards than I had thought initially. He was punt returns, kickoff returns. He threw, threw touchdowns. Um, and during a time when the Bears weren't that good, I mean, he was, man, right there to bring that team to, to that eventual championship. And he got an MVP. Yeah. And I think it was in 83. So. Okay. 
And then who was number two on yours? I had Ladanian Tomlinson, the aforementioned. Um, finished his career with uh, 13,000 rushing yards, a little over 13,000 rushing yards. About 17th all time, another 18,000 uh, uh, yards from scrimmage. But this is where he kind of transcends a lot of these other players. 162 touchdowns. He was a touchdown machine. He was a prolific scorer. Um, and I don't think I've seen a better uh running back at getting into the end zone than him uh perfect combination of rushing and receiving skills you know i I look i i guess you can look at like marshall falk was like the t100 from terminator um ladanian was the t1000 like the liquid metal dude just yeah um so yeah he was in my opinion the last great running back after that um i think the position was relegated um they found running backs that could you know, do certain things, and then they would switch them out, or they were interchangeable with their skill set. So I mean, until Derrick Henry over the last few years, I think right? You're right. Uh, obviously, like uh, an outlier, but I think yeah. the exception makes the rule. Yeah. Um. So my ranking of the top, my top three uh, of all time, is Jim Brown. I had it number one just because of the, I mean, the numbers he put up in eight years that held. I mean, in, until until uh walter payton finally passed him but i just think he walked away because paul brown's a moron he could have i mean i just well that's a scenario perhaps right I, I would love to see what you know i would love to see what his numbers would have been if he played another four years i mean does walter payton ever pass his and he wasn't he was only playing how many games were they playing back then uh he played football when there was 12 and 14 game seasons okay so he had a mixture but yeah still um i just think the the athleticism for the time was i mean jim brown could play in today's nfl i wholeheartedly believe that um we see that now um i did some measurables uh size height um running style it's all derrick henry so just picture derrick henry or jim brown is derrick henry Derrick Henry's successful in the NFL right. Uh, right now, so I think he definitely would be able to play um, at this in this era. Right. I have him third, Jim Brown, so I'm not trying to say he's not in that top three for me. Um, but when I look at kind of the the stats, no, I have him third. Oh, I thought you said Ladanian Tomlinson was your third. No, he's second. Oh, my bad. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah, so Jim Brown, I mean, he ended his career as the all-time leading rusher yeah. of 12,312 yards and yards from scrimmage, 14, uh, 8, um, He was, for almost 20 years, the best football player in the history um, of the NFL. I mean, everything prior to that was really Jim Brown, Jim Brown, Jim Brown. He did all his damage in 12 and 14 game seasons, as we had mentioned before. Um, during his playing years, he was also one of the most popular athletes of his time. He would meet with the likes of Muhammad Ali and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and was an advocate for... Sam uh, Cook. Sam Cook was an advocate for um, civil rights and uh, the advancement of... Yeah, that One Night in Miami movie on Amazon Prime is pretty good about uh, one Jim Night Brown. Miami. Yeah, I think that's show. what the name of this good one. Um, okay, so my my number one was Jim Brown. My number two is Walter Payton. I mean, not much more we can say about him right. than we already have. Uh, and then number three for me, and maybe this is just me being personally attached to this guy, 
Um, it's not a Seahawks. So don't get. I, I see you're shaking your head already. It's Barry Sanders. Just watching that guy run the ball was it, it was art. It wasn't even you know like, you look at sports like it was he, the guy was an artist. He was it was a masterpiece watching him run the ball, cutting back and forth. I mean, just the way he you know moved his body was it was just something different than I had ever seen as you know I think I was probably 11 10 11 years old when he when he got in the league and just that's what really it's really almost made me like football. he has like this perception that he can see things happening like seconds before it does he's like like Neo whatever what, something. yeah like whatever whatever superpower that is because he would be cutting left and then cutting back like he would already anticipate the reaction to his move right. uh, like when he spun that patriot defender up in the very popular clip with him i agree he's probably fourth i mean he's definitely fourth on my list he was one of my favorite players you know yeah. that i had in 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 my life um but you know i felt the Danian Tomlinson is the one that really moved up the list. Um, if if I didn't discover his stats, I probably he would be in my top three for sure. Right? Yeah, that's true too. I didn't realize how good Ladanian Tomlinson was until we did this pod. I mean, statistically speaking, until we did this podcast, and he's my number four. There isn't a lot too. of running backs in our three year stints that got over a thousand points, no. and he had the most in the entire history of our fantasy yeah. draft. So I think that's pretty impressive. Some pretty special. For impressive. Sure. Yeah. All right, so next generation, what do you... What now, do you... I threw Adrian Peterson in there because he's probably more dedicated to the timeline, but I, I felt like LaDainian Tomlinson was a better pick than him. Um, but like yeah. Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry we talked about. Um, yeah. Man, I don't know. The, uh, Alvin Kamara, if he doesn't oh, go yeah, to jail for beating about... <laughs> somebody up. Um, I I don't know. I, I think that's, like I said... And if the the running back position has changed so much, I, I think it's probably right. we're not going to see the likes of Ladanian Tomlinson anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, and, and again, I had for my next generation guys, I, had, I just threw three of them out, and it's Derrick Henry, like we've talked about, um, just just a monster. Like not many not many three down backs anymore like him uh, that can just you know pound the ball and still catch it out of the backfield. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I think is has mm, got to be call. included in that next generation, and then Saquon Barkley when he's healthy, that guy's something else to watch. So um, I think those are three. But like you said, uh, you know, there's and, and yeah, like Adrian Peterson, he's probably never playing again. I would imagine. Like I, I can't really see him suiting up again. Uh, hopefully, he's the new Seahawks running backs coach actually, because he's the he's the uh, Rashad Penny whisperer. I think. He's basically just telling Rashad Penny to quit being a baby and get back in the game is what it sounded like. But anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good yeah, – there, there's good a good group, of, uh, good group of running backs coming up. All right. So, yeah, let's hear your timeline. We'll do timeline for receivers here. So um, I'll start with, uh, I don't know, pre this guy. I'm not sure anything stood out to me as a receiver, but I'll start with Lance Allworth of the AFL. Uh, he played from uh, 1962 to uh, 72. Steve Largent takes the baton from him after that. One of my personal favorites. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and then Calvin Johnson. Um, I don't know necessarily. I didn't want to say his name, but I probably have to put him on the list. Um, he's not on anywhere near my ranking because of his his 
meltdowns and his issues. I think that's it has to be part of when you start ranking these guys. They have to be deducted for some of their off the field, you know, personal antics. Yeah, I was. It's funny because I had the same timeline. Uh, or go ahead. Like, like no, I was going to say Antonio Brown would probably be my last part. You know, right? Member of that. Yeah. Timeline, yeah. And that's that's where I would have put it. I was going to say that was the only addition I would have made, or or you know. Uh, change I would have made to your uh, to your timeline. So I, I mean, it's really you can't go wrong. Lance Allworth. I mean, that guy was he was a game changer. I mean, putting up the numbers he did in the time that when they weren't passing the ball at that time, you know, until until him and that uh, that offense came along with the. You Chargers. ever watched that movie, The Invincibles, or not, or Invincible with um, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Um, you know how they were playing in that, like, it wasn't a parking lot, but it was like a gated, grass, rocky, yeah. like, field that they just played pickup football in? Right. Prior to Lance Allworth, that's what all receivers looked like. They were running around this ridiculous field, just like chickens with their head cut off. That's what it looks like to me. I'm sure there's they're running routes and things like that, but yeah. when I watched Lance, it was different. It was the next phase of what receivers were going to be counter moves, moves, stutter steps, you know, Absolutely. using his hands to get, you know, the receipt, the cornerbacks off him. Um, so to me, he, he had to start I, like everyone else is like, you know, whatever. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, let's hear what your, uh, your rankings are. Well, I think we have to really go top two are the same, right? So number one's got to be Jerry Rice. Absolutely. All time leading receiver. Uh, yards from scrimmage, still currently. Um, so uh, 207 total touchdowns, which is like blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, by all measurables uh, for wide receiver, he is the best, period. He's mm-hmm. won championships. He has most yards, most yards from scrimmage, most touchdowns. And he has a great work ethic. I mean, there's just these stories about how he was constantly working while he was, he was out there running routes. He was running up, uh, I guess in his backyard, he had like this trail, these hills and stuff, and just go out there and run those things for hours. And one of the things I really liked about him was his backstory. Uh, his dad was a bricklayer, and during the summers and stuff like that, he'd go work with his dad. So Jerry would be up on the top of the uh, the building. His dad just throw him up, and it's just grabbing bricks, right? And, like stacking them up there. And I that's just that's a go, great story. Yeah. Too, yeah, it just it you can you can see the genesis of those hands and how good he is. You know, you know, getting those up and getting those hands up and getting that ball. So yeah, so yeah. Jerry Rice is number one. I assume you have him ranked number one as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my yeah. second is Randy Moss. Arguably, for me, the best natural athlete to play the position. Yeah. Um, just a really perfect combination of um, like speed and ability and size. Yes, size, speed. You never really seen a wide. And he, he was a so long strider. Skinny, yeah, he, he was a long so strider. Skinny. He had a, he had, he was an interesting. He wasn't the best route runner per right. se, but like if he would give you a move and then just flat out hand goes up, you just get it to him. And right. there wasn't a lot of decision making to, to be had. So. I think Randy Moss for me is number two. So this is where we might differ. So what's yeah. your third, third best for receiver? You know, I because of the impact I feel like he had on the wide receiver position. Definitely not like statistically the third best wide receiver. Not necessarily like size speed combination. But I think you, I, I put Lance Allworth as a number three guy. Yeah, I, I think I you know the 
I feel like the the every, father of modern receivers. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's yeah he really is, and you know the the story that we went over with that AFL episode, how uh, a few guys didn't panic when when they thought their plane was going to crash. Yep. And they're like, oh, Lance Allworth's on the God's plane. Not gonna like, God's Lance not going to kill Lance Allworth. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I had Lance Allworth in there. I mean, there's a few ways you could have gone here. I, I almost put Steve Largent, but I think, you know, Steve, what's Steve Largent if there's no Lance Allworth? What are any of these guys, really, if there's no Lance Allworth? So yeah. that's where I went. Uh, where'd you go? Um, I went Calvin Johnson. Short career. Um, the numbers weren't really there. No championships to really speak of. He actually played on some of the worst teams in NFL history. Um, but despite that, um, he was... A, a monster. I watched some clips the other day and I just go, this guy was destroying everyone. Like there's a reason his nickname was Megatron. Like yeah. no one could stop him. He was amazing. He was amazing. If he only had a great quarterback to throw him the ball and, and, you know, uh, uh, played for a team that was decent, it would have been uh, well, funny, it, funny how why two, he left. Yeah. I mean, funny how two, your number three uh, all time wide receiver and my number three all time running back both played for the Lions, both retired early in their career because right. there's some parallels wanna, there. Yeah, yeah, just because that, that organization is run terribly. So for me, Calvin Johnson is probably the greatest combination of speed and power at the wide receiver position. I mean, he was like six five, he was fast. He had like a, I think they did one of those sports stat things where his catch radius was a garage door a two-car garage door like any if you just can throw the ball into the garage like he can catch it and i just thought that was amazing um and maybe it's all those types of visuals that you get with somebody like that you know that helps kind of boost him up but i thought he was one of the most amazing you know yeah i I can't argue with that definitely that's uh that's a good one too so I think we both have good picks, just for different reasons. Sure, so. yeah, yeah. So next generation, um, man, Debo Samuel's really showed me something this this year. Yeah, um, I like a guy that can find those, uh, find ways to, to get him get him on the field. Yeah, he's and he's special. I mean, he he can take the ball to the backfield. He's just a big wide receiver that can. I love the passion too. Yeah, just like I, he, I like he, him. He a plays lot. with passion. I hate sure. that I like him so much because he plays for the 49ers, but. Uh, I'm yeah I'm I'm with it so um, DeAndre Hopkins for me I don't think oh, anyone yeah. does the two step better um, maybe again the aforementioned Antonio Brown with that little two step that he does on the sideline yeah. but but he's done now anyway yeah Antonio Brown, so. Hopkins height um, the the footwork um, obviously uh, Devonte Adams probably Devontae on, Adams should be on that yeah. list Cooper Cup that I had him on my list yep. And uh, the so I had DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and Jamar Chase just set every rookie wide receiver record in you know it, this season and had the most drops of any rookie wide receiver. And so it's like, what you know, like, well, a lot what, of those drops were early too, limit. right? Yeah. Until he figured it out. He he said that the the ball was difficult for him to see initially. He had to you know kind of figure out how to to overcome this but he 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 was talking about like in college you could see the white they have a white stripe at the end of the ball and he can right. see that white stripe spinning and just made it easier for him to get up there and catch that that's that's kind of gotcha. what i heard but yeah so i think he I figured mean, it out that's yeah for sure. he's he's a monster him and you know i think him and uh him and joe burrow are gonna have a, a great career together so yeah yeah i can't believe you didn't have cooper cup 
Triple Crown winner. Yeah, I mean, there's always choice. I have DK Metcalf too, but there's always like these different, you know. I just try to throw some out there. Th- right. this, yeah, but you're right. Cooper Cup is right there. All right, tight end. Let's wrap this up. Uh, timeline, man. This one again. There isn't a lot of. Uh... <laughs> yeah, there's not really any any deviation. This off is of one this of my timeline. biggest surprises, and, and we'll we'll talk about this a little later. But so we got Mike Ditka, um, Dave Casper, Kellen Winslow Sr., uh, Shannon Sharp. Tony Gonzalez and Gronkowski. That's who I have for like the timeline. Yeah, that's. I mean, there's not really any deviation there. I mean, I don't know how you could go really pick anybody else. So who's your top three here? So Mike, my, my top three. Uh, I had Rob Gronkowski number one, just because I know he didn't have the stats that Tony Gonzalez had, but I feel like his combination of blocking and receiving we're just I mean there there has there hasn't been an af, a guy his size that's athletic as athletic as he is and the touchdowns he put up are just insane so that's this one was really tough for me I wanted Gronkowski to be number one um, I think if he plays one more season it's a definite like he is number one for me right um, but I, I, I did pick tony gonzalez as the first pick uh as the as number one just because of the numbers just yeah. accumulated so many numbers and it's so far above yeah. any other um tight end basically so right. yeah i have tony and rob one two me me too just in reverse order right. so and then who was your number three shannon sharp has to be there's no one else yeah me too <laughs> for me he for was the sure. one that that kind of that he almost looked like a wide receiver out there the way that he ran the routes but could block and do all the other things that you needed to do um in that in that offense so for me he was probably the 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 beginning of what the tight end position has become and what we know about it today yeah absolutely i mean he's yeah he's something i and i don't think i appreciated how good he was while he was playing but he was just something i mean he was incredible yeah he definitely. was really really good uh so next generation uh who are your guys? You I got, got Kelsey here? Kittle, uh, Kyle Pitts at the, with the Falcons, um, probably Andrews, Mark Andrews out of the Ravens. I was going to say yeah, I had Andrews, and I, I didn't even think of Pitts because he's a rookie. But uh, yeah, he had. I mean, he had a great year, and and he really. Uh, they think he's going to be the next, you know, the next big thing. Yeah, I think as far as tight ends go, um, and then who I was thinking of, there was somebody else too that I. That Dalton Schultz, I think, for Dallas has had a couple of. He looks really, like kind of quiet, but yeah. really good years that um, that maybe he could turn into something special. These Iowa tight ends, man, like they're they're bad boys. Like it's a tight uh, end George farm Kittle, for sure. yeah, yeah, they just they pump them out. George Kittle, uh, T.J. Hawkinson, and mm. uh, that kid for Denver that both got Hawkinson Fant? and yeah, and Fant both got drafted the same year. Yep. Two tight ends out of Iowa is crazy. And then I think also the guy, uh, the kid from Green Bay. Um, I'm blanking on his name now, but the tight end from Green Bay also is from Iowa, and they, I think they have a little, a little crew that they, you know, they all tweet back and forth to each other when they're doing well. Tight end you, right? Yep. No one's ever come up with that. No, no, that hasn't been the <laughs> University of Washington or the University of Miami. Never, never thought of that. All right. Well, that's what we have for um, the goats uh, section. So let's. What are your predictions for two, for the 2020s? I have a couple. What do you got? Um, you know. I think first we should give who we think are going to be our who's going to be the dynasty of the 2020s. 
And my choice for that is, and I'm saying this before the Super Bowl on Sunday, I think it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. That is both a hot take and a pretty decent you know, prediction. I mean, second year in the league, after, especially he's already, he you know, had a season-ending injury last year, and he could win a national championship and a Super Bowl in three years. It's crazy. Yeah, so um, I took chalk, I think. Um, I took the Chiefs. They've gone yeah. to if in from two, 2020, they've been to three straight um, uh, championship games. Yeah. Um, so that's I don't know what is that four twelve points already. Yeah. They got a good head start among a lot of the other teams out there. Um, right. Cincinnati just won their first playoff game, and and uh, this year was their first playoff win since they hurt Bo Jackson. So right in ninety one. <laughs> that's funny. Bo Jackson karma. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in line with that, I think the over under for different teams winning the Super Bowl this decade is about five and a half. So I think there's going to be at least five teams uh, that um, win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I could see that. Different teams. Yeah, I, I would I would expect at least that many, maybe more. And I think that's why it makes, you know, the first part of this decade so important points-wise right. for those Chiefs. So, Absolutely. Um, so I have a couple of pretty hot takes. Uh, I think that Zach Wilson will win a Super Bowl before any of the other quarterbacks from his draft class. Wow, you got your teeth into this guy. I and, just and I'm I have not a feeling, sure man. I okay. have a feeling. Do you have a lot, of his, a, couple... ba- a lot of his football cards? No, Is that... that's Kellen Mond. I'm really hoping he wins Super Bowl <laughs> well, That's soon. just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, um, no, Zach Wilson. I just, I have a feeling, man. I have a feeling about him. And my other uh, kind of prediction for the 2020s, and I heard this on the Bill Simmons podcast. I can't remember who said it, so I'm not going to claim credit for it but it makes a lot of sense and i think that it, you know the nfl set up they just ch- went to 17 games this year and and the season's not ending until the middle of february they're going to add another game at some point in the next 10 years and they're going to add another bye week so it's going to be 20 so they're going to basically take up from september through february they're already talking about the nba is considering moving back the start of their season from the end of October to the end of December so they don't have to compete with the NFL for as long yeah. and then have their championship in the summertime instead of the instead of I guess it's the summertime now but have it in like late July early August like as the NFL's ramping up their spring or their uh, training camps um, instead of instead of having to compete with the with the uh, NFL at this point and then baseball is just going to get decimated because they're morons so that's my prediction that the the nfl is just going to continue to grow and and take over God, I hope take not. over time and God, space all right um uh, so i guess the final question is how did we get here like what are your takeaways um what did you learn the thing i yeah i was i was thinking about this when you posed this question the thing that i really took away was that the NFL kind of makes maybe not always without dragging their feet a little bit, but they make the right decisions at the right times to be where they're at now in the, in the hierarchy of U S sports and really sports in the, in the world. Yeah. They've, you know, they've, they've made all the right moves going to Thursday night football, going to you know, Monday night football, Sunday night football. They're, they're doing all these things. Saturday football after college football ends. They, they're, they're occupying so much space in our 
entertainment area that I don't think they can go wrong. They're streaming games now. They're always like seem like they're a step ahead of the other sports when when it comes to uh, getting to the masses, I guess. So that that's the thing I I kind of learned. Or you have that, a lot of money and a lot of equity to make the mistakes. So they'll throw some stuff against the wall. A yeah. lot of their stuff sticks for sure. Yeah. So I mean, that's the biggest takeaway I had from from doing this. That they just they stay ahead of the game kind of ahead of the ahead of the curve they're they're making the right moves at at nearly every step of the way yeah so i learned um quite a few things that were shocking like one like tight ends were pretty insignificant as it relates to (laughs) the history of of the nfl i thought i was expecting them to come in 70s 80s and kind of turn into what we have now but there isn't a lot of depth at that position in all-time greats so the guys that are in the the that are good now and are uh, in the Hall of Fame, actually, um, were so much better than their um, contemporaries um, that they definitely deserve to be there. I thought that was really interesting. The ebb and flow of the running back becoming the most important one on the field to becoming a superstar to becoming virtually irrelevant. Yeah, irrelevant you know, now. Not irrelevant in the sense that we we don't need them, but right. just having that star running back has become irre- irrelevant. Yeah. As as far as the season goes, this particular season in general, I've learned that it's exhausting. Like I felt this extra week, I don't know what it is, but it just feels like it's longer. I'm going into mid February yeah. and there's a Super Bowl and it just it feels like it's a very long been a very long season yeah, and I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. I thought like more football, sure, I love this. And maybe but, we'd feel different if the Seahawks who we both kind of root for were better or your Browns were better maybe you'd feel differently no I don't think think so I think it's completely independent of the success of the teams that I follow I think it's just there's just so much to I I haven't even really watched the playoffs because I was off doing other things at some point I have to live life I can't focus on this sport and you missed a hell of a playoffs because I think you were only no you were I was there for the Chief Bills game yeah that was that was really the only one that I saw um there were some amazing games in that the the last two weeks of the 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 championship weekend and the divisional weekend were incredible yeah and they were as they were as incredible as wild card weekend was bad so everybody was like who who thought to add another team to the playoffs I'm okay with the extra wild card because at some point there's going to be some team like the San Francisco 49ers this year that just happen to get into uh, put themselves in an opportunity to win a Super Bowl I think that's going to be great I think it's good for more you know for these different um, fan bases that don't always get an opportunity Um, I think it's great I think the extra playoffs team is fine I don't like the 17 season it's really messing with my head as far as stats go get ready for Um, 18 bro We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how much longer I can. I can go with this. So I think they do it at their detriment. I don't want to. I need to take a break. You know. Yeah, I think having a, a sport take up six months and even more. I mean, really, it's seven and a half months if you add in. Training it's August camp, to uh, August if you really add in to, training camp to February. And, yes, right? preseason games. Oh, if they go oh, to eighteen, it's going to be the draft. Crazy, too. yeah, and then the draft in April. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's a lot, man. But, you know, I, I do still love football. I, and that's one thing I know after doing this podcast. I, I mean, I think I appreciate it even more. I appreciate some players and, and teams and, and statistics that I didn't know about. That... That's the part. I agree with you 100% there. I Looking at the purity of the game, the games that are played, the players that are playing them in that space, 
I love that, yeah. right? There's a bunch of stuff orbiting around that that purity that becomes and makes things more complicated um, that I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, this whole Washington commander, Dan Snyder thing that's going on and he's hired somebody to investigate himself. <laughs> like I, I don't, think the NFL already said, no, we're, we're gonna I, handle that. But I just don't understand how they can do that. Just politically speaking, it seems outrageous that an organization allows this level of debauchery. It needs to be reeled in, in my opinion. And it's, I don't know if it just, with the more power and the more money and the more this, do these guys get worse and worse and worse? Are they? Hopefully, they make him sell his team. Like he's. It's terrible. not just him though. No, I mean, Stephen Ross. I mean, look, it, look it, all these guys, and they're, it's all different things. You know what I mean? It's like you're going to pay a coach to lose game, hundred grand a, a week to lose games, if that's true. And, uh, I'll just know. put it this way: um, I love the sport of football. I love to watch it. I consume it at you know levels that are probably unhealthy. Um, <laughs> But I do worry about what its future looks like if things don't yeah. kind of level off a little bit. So, well, I think this is uh, this is it for season one, Mike. Uh, officially, I, I think we're going to try to do some other, um, you know, kind of. We might do a drop in from time yeah. to time, kind of like a bonus episode. Yeah, a little um, bit here, stuff here and there. We, we're keeping this, Mike. People, you're welcome. We're keeping this under an hour right now. We're a couple minutes <laughs> under an hour. This is uh, this is. This took a lot for us to get it done this quickly. I'll, like I promise talk. for season two, I'll wrap Jeremy up a little faster. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, thank you all for listening. You know, like, rate, review, share this podcast if you like it. And, uh, you know, we appreciate your help. This for... is, this was a great ride. Um, a lot of fun. Jeremy, thank you for uh, doing this with me. Um, no, it's been a blast, man. Yeah. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Oh, yeah. What's your prediction? For the game, what's the score? Uh, within three, I'll think say so. I'll say Bengals uh, minus three. I think it's twenty-four nineteen Rams. Nineteen, come on. <laughs> see you guys next. See you guys next that. time. <laughs>